So that's maybe the challenge there, like how when those, for example, jobs are going to disappear, how do we make sure that, you know, we transition the populations to the new type of thinking and also the society to support that kind of living? Mm -hmm. For example, we have this um, basic income trial here in Finland that they're seeing. Like, Amazing. That be how, is that, how is it going and how is it being perceived in society? Uh, well, the first, first um, discussions that were had about it, I mean, it's not finalized yet, so no one can really say, and they're already criticizing it for not being, you know, not being good enough and whatnot. But I think the first thoughts that came out of it were from those people who'd kind of been sitting there unemployed but not being able to, let's say, start their own business. But now they could because the basic income kind of um, doesn't affect your other benefits. You get it no matter what happens. So welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. Today with me is global shaper Minu Lumiaho out of Helsinki in Finland. Welcome to the show, Minu. Hey, thanks for having me. Great being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Minu, share with our audience a little bit what is going on in Helsinki these days. If um, anyone knows where we are, we're up in the north and it's basically going to be dark for the next six months. <laughs> but apart from that it's amazing there's lots of things happening because you know we have we have lots of time on our hands but there's not much you can do because it's dark um so there's lots of global shaper stuff that i do at also how we met what i do personally um and then working in a startup you know life is also it's quite hectic and there's lots of things going on and none of the days are the same and there's actually one of the biggest um or leading startup event happening here this week. So it's a bit of a crazy week, but it's fun. Um, so yeah, there was a, it was a fun post I saw this week about how it was Black Friday. It's like a big commercial thing. And we're just joking like, yeah, we also have Black Friday in Finland every day. From <laughs> now on until March. <laughs> we get very productive though. What is the, the startup event you guys are planning right now? And yeah, so um, it's called Slush. And it's a startup event, as said. It was started by the some students. It's completely been run by students and volunteers since the beginning. And well, now it's, it's actually employing quite a few people. It's become this big global thing. And um, there's actually a direct flight from San Francisco for like 100 and some people just for this event. So it's become very um, well known. But it's really cool because the actual event is completely like volunteer run. So thinking of global shapers and like doing something good for your communities. It's quite kind of um, central to this event, but it's all about like increasing like knowledge about entrepreneurship and making entrepreneurship really more available for everyone. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been organized for 10 or so years, but it's grown really big. Maybe in the last three, four years, it went from 300,000, people to like 17,000 and uh, it's one of the biggest events in Europe at least. It's very well known so but wow. it's a lot of fun also. Nice so 17,000 entrepreneurs, startup founders and um, yeah. what's, what's the crowd like? I've never been to Slush. Oh it's really diverse I mean it started from you know these students running it and doing it on their own time just out of the love for the kind of scene and what they wanted to kind of build this community here. But there's all sorts of different startups, you know, everything from like space to tech to gaming to health. And there's actually now a side event that kind of grew out of it. It's called Slush Music. 
so for the music industry but basically just like anyone who is kind of wanting to bring in like a new new startup or new business and finding it's like matching basically potential new startups with investors wow so you came to slush as a global shaper and kind of the founding curators of your shapers hub were also founding members of slush and then this kind of accelerated your local network and the way you're connecting um with with the work you do now uh, there's a lot of synergies our hub is very because the founding members they've been quite entrepreneur heavy so our community in the global shapers as well have grown quite strongly out of that entrepreneurial mindset not that we all, we also have other types of shapers but um but that's a very strong kind of heritage our hub has for that reason that it's very like hands-on and let's get things done and very positive attitude and helping each other out and um, looking out for each other and connecting people with the right people so yeah there's there's definitely a connection there it's pretty strong Cool. So, well, let's do this for um, for a second here. You said you lived in New Zealand before, um, and you're, you're a global shaper. So, tell us about your perspective on on kind of this global mindset that's arising. Um, certainly, part of startup culture. Certainly, part of bigger festivals or or um, uh, events like Slash. Like, how how does it play a role in your life? The global mindset, you mean, mm -hmm. or just? Hmm. Well, for me, it's a really big thing. I mean, I've always, I think I was born global without knowing it. I was born here in Finland where everything was really far away. And I always had that curiosity about knowing what's out there and understanding things. I'm always attracted to things I don't understand. So I think I had that always in my pocket and I kind of went out of the door. Um, it's really, I, I think I've seen a little bit, maybe more than others, less than some. But I have this feeling that there's this polarization between people. You know, some people are super globally mindset at thinking, oh, you know, there's all these opportunities and they're taking advantages of those. If you think, for example, about the startup ecosystem where they they're really, it's actually quite a small community after all, when you go out there and you start meeting people. If you really go out and talk to people, you get to know them quite quickly and you see that the community is actually not that big even going overseas. And it's starting to feel like there's this community of people who really, know what to do and how to you know make the best out of it and then there's this other community of people that i personally don't feel so maybe connected to but i feel that they're kind of falling maybe out of the whole not the system but from they have a different mindset where they perhaps don't want the whole global aspect and they're kind of more attracted to the local community and they don't it maybe find it a little bit scary i don't know seeing there's like a difference between this super global mindset and this other where like no no let's take care of our own country first and what's going on here and kind of a little bit against the whole let's open all the doors and take everyone in and yeah but i mean personally i global shapers and living overseas and being really privileged and able to like experience all those things is it's super giving. I feel the more I understand, you know, the, the more appreciative I become. So how did you grow up that that kind of started happening for you? I just always kind of had that. I'm a bit stubborn. If I don't understand something, I really just have to find out why or how, or like, I just, I can't let go. It's just how I am. <laughs> it's a bit unfortunate in some situations. Stubborn, inquisitive nature. Right? <laughs> yeah. Curiosity drives you. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. I always have to know why and I have to like get to the root cause. I can't give up if I don't understand it. I keep on reading and I keep on asking and I go to bug people like, what do you mean? Like, can't be like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I suppose I was lucky that, you know, I had a stable home and had the ability to go and see places. And um, I always worked also outside of... Um, or besides my studies like it's quite common actually in Finland that a lot of students work meanwhile at the same time while studying um so I had a bit of my own income which I was allowed to use as I wished and so I used it for traveling because that was where I kind of found the most I had a bit of a longing to get out of Finland because I found that I'm kind of small and far from everything so I needed to understand what is out there when you leave leave this place so yeah I just had the basically for me it was the ability to be able to do whatever I wanted to and I had the means to do so and I had a curious mindset so I yeah I can totally relate to that urge mm-hmm. to get out of the place you grow up in even though there's where well, I, I grew up in, in in Europe as well I grew up in Germany right and um, th- there's there's nothing that I needed to get away from but yet I, I really wanted to explore mm-hmm. and see what else is out there because this this can't be all of it right so after high school I decided that I'm leaving I'm going um, traveling my friends went to Australia and they were actually doing a world tour, but they happened to be in Australia at the time when I kind of saved up my money and I decided now I'm going. Um, so I went to Australia with them and then I had another friend who joined me and she also wanted to go to New Zealand. Um, and off we went and there was, well, actually, it includes a little romantic story <laughs> as usual. <laughs> There's this guy I'd met before and um, we'd kept in touch and um, I was in New Zealand and I told him I'm there and he was like, okay, can we meet up? So we did. And, you know, before you know it, I um, <laughs> ended up staying with him for quite a few months and we did a little stopover in Finland in between. But then um, I always wanted to live overseas. So it was quite easy to then just to move to New Zealand. And my only um, condition was that I needed to study something. I wanted to do something with my life. So... It was okay. There's plenty of good opportunities in New Zealand. So you went to university uh, overseas as well? Yeah, so I studied in Auckland. Um, I've actually done two different degrees there. I started, I haven't finished them, but tried out a few things until I found my thing. And then I moved back here after four years in New Zealand. But yeah, it's um, you just have to pack your bags and buy the ticket and go and don't think about it. <laughs> right. See let, what happens. Let, let that kind of momentum take you and see what happens. I like yeah. that. There's like an adventurous spirit in you. And um, wow. we were just talking about curiosity earlier. How does, mm-hmm. how does this curiosity um, pay off? Like, what do you feel like following those values, like an adventurous spirit or mm-hmm. um, curiosity? How do you feel this influences one's life? Following values, following intuition. Well, it depends, of course, what you, yeah, yeah. Well, it depends what you want out of life. I always had this, I was born kind of positive, but stubborn. <laughs> this is balanced between, I can't help but have a positive outlook on life. Um, but then at times I get super stubborn about things. and like, why don't we do them better? You know, why do we have this silly system that's kind of, it's um, better for others and not so good for some others maybe who are not able to kind of look after their after themselves there's this constant struggle where I'm super positive and I want to you know know more about things but then there's this other side that gets a bit 
upset and that's where the stubbornness comes in from where it's like why don't we do things better when we could and we'd have all the resources like why do we always relapse into the same kind of mistakes decades after decades or years or times after times but um yeah i just come to the conclusion that um human mind is um very short-sighted so but you know you just never gotta give up i think giving up is the it's the easiest thing you can do so for me it's really just the more i can learn the more i think you know you just kind of become smarter in a way mm-hmm. and especially when you connect with other people i think you can become smarter together because i think when we go into our own silo and we start like doing things on our own and not connecting with other people we kind of lose um that broader spectrum that, that enables us to live maybe a more sustainable life one could say make better decisions and not fall into those same mistakes that we keep doing over and over again as Got it. So like the, the connection or the collaboration potential of, of a group or of multiple people mm-hmm. really where, where you see like there's, there's a lot of learning or evolution to take place these days. Yeah, definitely. And that's why global shapers was a really big thing for me when I found out about it. It's that multidisciplinary mindset because there are a lot of really cool communities out there. That, let's say for example, this lush, it's very entrepreneurial and there's of, of course there's lots of people from very different backgrounds, but I was really missing this bigger kind of, picture thinking where um people come together and i mean the world economic forum itself is really interesting in that sense um you know you have all the different perspectives so a little mini forum in the sense of shapers was something really attractive in that sense that you could meet people that you maybe don't meet like for example working in a startup you get often quite you know people have similar type of mindsets and they get you get into your own silo even in your own workspace so then you might not meet people in the same way when you know you go to school or even well maybe a university a bit less but definitely a school you get the most random people come together for kind of no not no good reason but there isn't like any outside reasons such as work or something but it's like everyone has to go to school and you're just kind of from the same area perhaps so you get a different types of people get together and you get this cool kind of mixture of thoughts and thinking and backgrounds that kind of mix together at least in finland our school system is really cool because it's a public school so we don't have any like private versus public it's everyone just goes to the same schools to no matter like your background so i'm kind of used to that way of doing things and like having different perspectives so i wanted more of that in my life yeah i mean the finnish school system is being praised around the world for kind of accommodating um all and at the same time really helping students start and initiate this this journey of lifelong learning like how how, how did you experience that how was the school system um kind of maybe along this question of like growing up like how did school um, happen for you well again it goes back to the thing that i i feel that you know of course i only have my experience i can't compare it to anyone else because i've only had the finnish school system so i think i wouldn't kind of do it any other way of course the times are changing but um growing up it was super easy i mean our our school system is really we have short days and uh, we don't have that much homework it's more about like learning the basics and then as time goes you advance and slowly you have like more tasks and so i think it's really about a balance like not making 
all about life about going to school and succeeding although that is changing a little bit there are some changes like in relation to how you go from high school to university that I don't agree with at all but it's always been a very much about like having this wide general understanding about society and like the topics you have at school such as we have a lot of languages we learn at an early age because well no one speaks Finnish so you'd be screwed in the world if you didn't know at least English or something else um, and I think maybe that's also related a little bit I mean Finnish history is quite interesting we have a minority of Swedish speaking people so we actually like bilingual country so this kind of appreciation for other cultures and um like how things are done in history is kind of there that, you know, seeing kind of um, the bigger picture. But yeah, really, um, like my school system is just there to support you and your learning and you have all the resources you could wish for. You know, there's teachers, there's your parents kind of are involved in your school um, or like how you study and how you things progress. So it's a very like holistic approach really and I hope they kind of keep that because I have a feeling somehow that these older generations that who are now more in the decision making roles are kind of forgotten how they how the country became prosperous with all those basic needs that were covered for everyone like free education and um, healthcare and so forth that enabled them to get it where they are now now they're kind of trying to change it a little bit more to like for example they're pushing for tuition fees for universities and these kind of things such as education should be available for all you know you can't like choose who deserves to get it whether you can afford to pay for it or not because otherwise it just puts you in and um some people are more advantage than others you know because we can't choose what type of family we're born to but at least we should have the opportunities kind of to develop our skills and like readiness for life should be at least somehow equalized. Absolutely. I mean, equality is something that um, I think are, is, is a, a strong value that's beating in a lot of people's chests and is really in, in, our, in our hearts. And I mean, you just touched on, on collective learning or multidisciplinary learning and, mm. and also the journey of lifelong learning. So um, the more we start out equal, I think the more understanding and compassion we can have for each other and, and, and the opposite direction of making education a business from the first day and kind of excluding the ones mm. for the entry fee it doesn't really resonate with my mind or my heart um it's, there's there's probably reasons on both sides of, of that pendulum yet I, I grew up in a, in a free education system as well i mean G germany has both um public school and then university well i, I would say kind of complementary within the taxing system um so it's it's really interesting. I live in North America since about six or seven years now. And just the general mindset around education is such a different one. And yet I feel we are at this brink of a global revolution in education because we're realizing on a larger um, scale. And, and as, as you said, like within those communities, like the global shapers, like the startup, the global startup community, that in order to equip us for the life in the 21st century, something in the education system has to change. And Mm. one of the first pillars of it is it has to be available to everyone mm, i agree so how do you choose who earns or has the right to get the education who doesn't yeah. right so that the logical consequences you choose that everyone has has the right yeah exactly and i also think now that we look at like what's going to happen with technology and like we talked earlier 
earlier about in another discussion about singularity and like disruptive technologies you know it's completely going to change the way we also work so education needs to change accordingly i don't know who actually need to rope learn things for what how long is education if you go from school nine years plus three years we're at 12 years plus university i don't know 15 years of education do we really need that or could we like change the way more that we are learning some basic methods for how we like process information or more into this creative thinking that where we become instead of doing the manual things that the machines can do and computers we could be more creative and like do the what we call fun stuff and you know let the kind of machines do the boring stuff and then also i think society needs to change the mindset we're clearly like going through a phase of where these technologies are being able to actually create um, kind of real changes in the way how things are being done, like they can create about real impact, so to say, that they can actually start processing. Because we already see like some types of jobs disappearing. For example, lawyers are already using, um, you know, data processor processing that, you know, you don't need any their computers are so much more effective at doing the work than humans are and they're accurate so slowly but securely like some jobs are disappearing but at the same time i believe that we'll have like previously we'll have more new types of jobs will appear and um, there'll be more prosperity but then the decision makers definitely need to be more aware of what's going on which i believe that they're not um fair enough i mean i don't think any one of us really knows what's happening because it's also happening so fast maybe compared to previously but definitely like education also needs to change to adjust to what's happening because our lives will be completely changed the way we work will change i mean well of course no one knows how long this is going to take or how it's going to all roll out but we just need to kind of keep our eyes so open. how would you say if we prepare for a society that um, in your own words, like no one knows what's going to happen next or no one knows how it's going to, to pan out. How do we, what is a way or what, what could we do to prepare for that in a way that we make decisions that kind of set us up for local success on a cultural national level or, and at the same time also set us up for success on a global um, multicultural and more like cross-disciplinary level? Mm -hmm. Well, speaking from like in finland and like i do follow the local politics and what goes on and i don't know of course the details because i never worked there but i do wonder how much they look at for best practices like from elsewhere um you know there's similarities and differences in different sorts of places i definitely believe like i said for me this global shapers and this wider mindset where you get different perspectives from different backgrounds and like different fields um, and seeing kind of the bigger picture together because no one can really understand that on themselves. And there's so much information there out there. For example, we talk about like artificial intelligence that even the researchers doing it don't really know what's gonna happen. So I think it's really like having an open dialogue about things and keeping like a mindset where you have a positive attitude to the change that will come and also making sure that the changes that are being done, that they they don't benefit others more than, you know, that some others get more benefit of them than maybe some who are maybe less ad in, of less advantage or less knowledgeable about the things that are coming. So that's maybe the challenge there, like how when those, for example, jobs are gonna disappear, 
how do we make sure that you know we transition the populations to the new type of thinking and also the society to support that kind of living mm -hmm. for example we have this um, basic income trial here in finland that they're seeing like Amazing. That be an how is that how is it going and how is it being perceived in society oh uh, well the first first um discussions that were had about it. i mean it's not finalized yet so no one can really say and they're already criticizing it for not being you know not being good enough and whatnot so having the society to support you to actually start something new when we're going into society that will be a lot more about creative creating new things creating new businesses new kind of thinking where you maybe hopefully i think we don't have to work as much because i really don't believe in a 40-hour work week I suppose in other countries it's actually more than that we have this holistic seven and a half hours a day work week but i don't even think we should be working that much i think we'd be a lot more effective with like a good four or five hours a day four days a week so if that's coming then you know well that could happen that could be reality and i believe it's going to be it's just a matter of like making sure that decision makers are more open to these ideas and um pro-like change definitely and making right. knowledge I mean, these are very progressive thoughts you're sharing there four days a week maybe just five hours a day um, i'm personally very much on your side i think we should probably call my dad on this side because uh, i mm -hmm. i always said hey dad like why are we doing this when i was like 14 mm -hmm. and you can imagine it at, at the earlier stage um including my parents they would shake their head and be like well that's just how we do it on in, in this world <laughs> and then yeah but they didn't have the technology that we're going to have that's going to do like exactly all as the years progress we realize there's, there's so many more of us who realize this mm. doesn't need to make sense this is not the only way how we can create right and then as we have more and more um, machines and automated processes and machine learning that can kind of take over the linear tasks and take over the complex linear tasks like let's say something a human would be um, notoriously bad at imagining okay. and a machine is incredibly good is let's say mm -hmm. local traffic you have mm -hmm. a system of traffic lights and you're wanting to optimize the flow for everyone to get to from a to b faster while having the road safe um, not even speaking of self-driving cars at this point just mm -hmm. just the traffic light system i mean that's mm -hmm. something that's a complex linear um, task that clearly mm -hmm. a machine that, that can just kind of process the parameters will have a better solution faster than um, mm -hmm. one two three or four human city planners and i think there are lots of tasks that kind of fall into this category if we mm -hmm. are immersing into an era of more automation and we are immersing into an era of possibly basic income what comes hand in hand with it is a the opportunity for education and b the necessity for mm -hmm. um, education so we can actually let go of some of the old mindsets and kind of transition people from fear um because it's uncertain what's going to happen next into possibly trust like how do you see that occurring well we're talking about education yeah i wonder it's a such a challenging topic like how do you enable that type of lifelong learning when no one has any kind of obligations to learn anymore i mean you go to your job okay your job place is one could your employer kind of provide you that with that or could the state somehow is it the state's responsibility to well you know i mean that's that's a really interesting conversation i th I, mm -hmm. I i love that we're going there right now because as we're talking about ideas like basic income right there's mm -hmm. this phenomena that people think um i think oh, 90 percent of people are afraid that within basic income others won't work mm -hmm. 
And then a similar percentage of people, so very high percentage, um, fact check me on the percentage here, um, a, a very, very high percentage of people um, believes they would for sure work. There's no way that they wouldn't work. So it's like an oxymoron. People are afraid that others won't work, but they know they will work. Mm-hmm. So those, those are the things that, that come up in our minds as we're not trying things, testing them and having data. We're just kind of imagining them, right? But then mm-hmm. my question in my mind is continuously is like, well, basic income alone isn't really enough. Like this is just providing a money and, and, and resource um, baseline. But what about the education and ongoing learning baseline? Because if I'm transitioning out of a job after 20 years because my job just became obsolete, let's say I'm a lawyer, let's say I'm mm-hmm. a truck driver, um, let's say I've been working on, on a, um, some kind of process that's being automated, what I really need or I suppose people would need is some form of social like, backup system, somewhere where I'm socially, and, and not just an agency that says, okay, let's just see um, mm-hmm. you need a new job. I mean, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Right? A social kind of um, bazaar almost, it catches you that's like, okay, so that's mm-hmm. where you add in your journey. Um, what do you want to learn next? What are you curious mm-hmm. about? What mm-hmm. drives you? What are you afraid of? What's your passion? And I feel like, I don't know if that's the state's responsibility, but in my eyes, it's really the human responsibility to help each other in that because mm-hmm. we are a community, right? We are a, um, a connected group of, of, of beings. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I thought about this earlier, like when, when I'm talking about like how the society is going to change and like how our jobs might change and we don't really know what's coming. Like, should it be more so that we don't actually have to study for this, let's say 15 years at the beginning of our lives, but we maybe go into it a little bit earlier, a couple of years earlier, but then we kind of re-educate ourselves on the way when things are starting to change so that it would be more possible because previously you've had to had those skills kind of in, a, in order to be able to do your job properly, so to speak. Um, but I don't know if that applies really even anymore today or if it has applied for a long time because there's a lot of people who go and like even change careers now or have in the last few decades when it's kind of been okay to kind of you know, change careers and do different kinds of things. Um, and the job market has enabled that. Um, and I definitely believe like, why should we be doing one thing for the rest of our lives? You know, I mean, some have great employer employers who provide you with a job opportunities where you can kind of change within the company. But I definitely see that the state has kind of uh, some type of role there in the education because education should be free for everyone. So why couldn't it be kind of so that later on you'd have the opportunity, let's say when I'm 45, I'm like, well, actually, I don't really want to do this anymore. Or my job is not going to be there anymore in three years time because, you know, um, it's basically just going to disappear because there'll be other types of jobs coming up and this one is going to be automated. So wouldn't it then make sense that I can actually learn a new skill or something I haven't done before or just transition to something else? Of course, that makes, you know, for me, it makes all the sense. Why not? Right. What's and if you're having if you people stuck. This, yeah. If you don't have this confidence that, that, that you just displayed there when people actually get stuck, right. They need mm-hmm. help. I mean, they need help. Yeah. And, and Especially, yeah. we all need help at times. So I, I think like providing this help is really something that we can on a state level, but also just on a cultural level as, as global citizens, I think we can really, um, we can evolve quite a bit in my personal eyes. Yeah. And I think what's really important here is like our society, you're definitely valued based on that. They, do you have a job and then like what type of job you have and how much does it pay? you're basically looked up 
people look up to you more the more the more you earn or like the more responsibility you have or kind of this certain type of type of status that you earn from having a job and i think also that needs to change to a certain degree because you know if we we feel completely value unvalued or that we don't you know bring any value to society if we don't have a job then also we get i think easier stuck in that situation where we worry that oh my god my job is going to be automated what am i going to do now um so instead of getting worried i think we should be proactive and be like hey actually there's this opportunity that you could learn this new thing or there's this new type of job in this other field that you could be doing um accompanied with the thing that you don't have to work 40 or 60 or 80 hours a week which i think is pointless when we have machines that can do it um i love that you're repeating that i agree i am i am i'm completely out of for this opinion why why should we i mean the whole point with enabling technology and like bringing about new innovations is about having a better lifestyle and like better standard of living for everyone not just for some yeah better quality of life for sure exactly so yeah i think we need to change like our mindset about like what's important in life yes working is we need to like bring something to the table on society at larger but is it really how much we work or how much we earn or like but i i'm I'm not that much of a socialist i definitely believe that you should have incentives for working but um maybe the mindset about like becoming unemployed and like that you completely not unvalued but the way kind of we look at unemployed people that oh they should just get jobs i don't believe i think the system should be there to like support them and bounce back and like find something new absolutely because what's the point of wasting resources it's just about how you use them being effective and thinking about smarter ways but yeah maybe in finland we have a lot of bureaucracy so we have a lot of those corners where you can get stuck unfortunately depending on like your situation yeah absolutely i mean bureaucracy is a a global phenomenon i guess that um i I don't know if it's a good or bad thing i think there is there is always two sides to everything so there's certainly some positive aspects about creating uh, regulations and rules and Mm -hmm. there's certainly a place for it and at the same time um Mm -hmm. it often seems to me that the human mind is trying to create certainty where there is no certainty and trying to create um routines where they're almost unnatural and Mm. and with that we kind of create a more complex framework than we really need so i think a Mm. lot of things we could solve a lot simpler and Mm -hmm. more effectively um Mm -hmm. and therefore as 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 you say free up time so i I believe we look at like happiness studies right Mm -hmm. they they do say that happiness has has largely to do with with purpose and and contributing purpose and they do also say that happiness has a lot to do with being in community and being with others Mm. yeah we're connecting and like you feel valued when you get to contribute so is it really about how much we work could we contribute in other ways you know there's more to it than just working like you know we do our global shapers besides our jobs um or could our jobs become more well how do you describe it (laughs) bring about other type of value as well which is already happening in all these social entrepreneurs um but bringing other type of value also than just like the economic growth and profit absolutely yeah maybe maybe um as we're kind of concluding this conversation what what are what is the thing or two that you want to share with the the global shapers community listening about like bringing 
with other values, bringing kind of this co collaborative work into the forefront? Mm. Well, I really like, you know, we met the, the meeting in Geneva with lots of other shapers in September and what we kind of concluded on there is that at the end of the day, although we're from very different backgrounds and from different parts of the world and different parts, we're still like our basic needs are quite similar that, you know, we should just, you know, we all want to feel connected. Like you just mentioned before, we want to feel like we contribute something and connect to other people. So just being maybe less afraid of, you know, what's out there and what's happening and maybe like more of that um, curious mindset and trying to figure out what's going on and what, what kind of, what could we, how can we turn it into a positive problem if, if we see it as something that we're afraid of. So keeping that mindset in life has definitely helped me, I find. Um, and yeah, just kind of, you know, working together, being smarter together. I really like that idea that we just kind of stick our heads together and then we can always figure way things out. Being smarter together. Is that, is that a way for the future that you envision planet Earth to kind of evolve into that direction? Being smarter together? Yeah, I mean, why not? We haven't really ever done it. Well, we have done it, but it always kind of collapses every now and then. We have a little world war or other crises where... We forget about that, you know, this has happened before. Couldn't we like learn from our past mistakes or definitely I see that there's value in, you know, collaboration. And I mean, it's happening all the time, all over the world collaboration, but just like not forgetting about the mistakes we did before. There's value in other people's mistakes and learning from them. Right. That's kind of something startup culture is, is all over is, is uh, mm -hmm. learn like fail fast and learn from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Massively. I mean, if you look at um, any of the, the, the big mega new companies that have come up in the last 10, 15, 20 years, um, including companies like SpaceX uh, that, are, that are really like venturing out into space, there's a massive scale of collaboration happening in these, in these mm. companies. And it really doesn't matter what nationality someone holds who's working on that team. No. It matters what are we learning together and building together. Yeah. Not only amazing things happen if you're like ready to kind of put aside your pride and look for the kind of outcomes or the benefits for like the greater benefits, not just you or who's involved, but also the bigger picture. Beautiful. Well, Mino, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for sharing um, a little bit about your life and the way you see the world. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate us diving into some really deep topics like equality, curiosity, basic income, and kind of what this mm -hmm. journey of lifelong learning can look like. And um, yeah, certainly both of us maybe have a privileged background of growing up in Central Europe and countries like Germany and Finland um, do a good job at some, at some things. But I guess if we don't dare to go far, we will never find out how far we can go. Yeah, you gotta be a bit, I suppose stupid and brave at the same time just jump in the deep end and see what happens absolutely thank you so much thanks for having me it was fun talking <laughs>